Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. Hey guys, it's uh, Andy and Dave here for another Tuesday tune-in. Um, yeah, I hope you're, you're having a, a lovely week. Um, and yeah, uh, do say hello and uh, just let us know who's on. Hey, Paul, thanks for your, your birthday wishes, mate. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was a good day. Um, and I zipped down this morning just to get back to, to do the live. I was thinking about doing this. As always, in an ideal world, I want to be on top of a mountain doing one of these. And I would love to do that. But the signal was rubbish and it wasn't just didn't work out logistically. I was like, I'll come back down this morning, um, back to the office to, to obviously do the, the Tuesday tune in with Dave um but yeah i hope all is well i know it's a bit mad at the moment wales coming out of a little bit of a lockdown england going into it scotland northern ireland it's a bit nuts at the moment but fingers crossed i mean there was some good news yesterday wasn't it and i think it's, it's important to say that you know we, we obviously saw the news around vaccines and stuff like that and it's yeah. uh you know you got to temper that with a little bit of you know, there's a little bit of pessimism there, but I am optimistic and, you know, we can't wait to get back. So, yeah. fingers crossed, guys, we can yeah. give us a beat on Optimistic there. <laughs> pessimism there, and Hey, I'm not normally like that, but um, <laughs> yeah. normally I'm like, just give me it. But, you know, uh, when it's safe to do so. But, yeah, yeah. it just I just wanted to say, like, I can't wait to get back out because uh, yesterday was my first trek in, like, ages. And, um, yeah, it was fantastic. Um, but, look, great to be back today. Um, Dave, you come up with this one. Uh, you wanted to talk about, I know you've had a few questions, haven't you, around food and, and, and things on, on the track? Yeah, well, that's the thing, you know. Um, like, it usually happens on quite a lot of the, the lives as well. People ask about what, what the food is like and stuff like that. And it's yeah. something we tend to gloss over, and I think it definitely is taken for granted by a lot of people, probably myself included, you yeah. know. But actually, it's, it's, really, it's a really important part of acclimatizing, keeping your energy right. And also, like, you know, managing whether you're a veggie, whether you're a vegan, whether you have any sort of intolerances or anything like that. And, um, you know, and a lot of people need to know because obviously, you know, if, if the diet's all wrong and the food's all wrong, it's going to, you know, it can sink the ship. So, yeah, we wanted to talk a little bit about what food's available on, say, Everest Base Camp, what food's available on Killy, why they're different, what sort of things can we accommodate. So if you're a veggie, vegan, lactose, gluten, intolerant, yeah. all of that, can that be accommodated? Can you still go on a trip and, you know, yeah. climatize and be safe and stuff like that? So, yeah, that's what we're here to talk about today. And then inevitably, um, we're going to talk about boots, sleeping bags, <laughs> trekking poles. Questions come in, eh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> great stuff. Great stuff. No, yeah. Cheers and um, thanks, everyone. Uh, there's a few birthday wishes coming in, and great to see Brian, Gavin, Chris, Ellen, Ramona, as always. Charlie from Valencia, fantastic. Um, yeah, slightly jealous. I do love Spain, and um, although I've never been to Valencia, but um, yeah, great to see. I know we've got some people from Australia, and uh, you know. Um, all over which is great and fantastic but yeah great to see some good numbers on here yeah okay so and, and the great bald yeti is on it's been a while john yeah the seafood diet to be honest though the only thing he saw was dalbat um to be the fair seafood. yeah he's the one that um really i love that we went checking with john and he decided that um so he's going to have breakfast and then um the remaining two meals of the day he was going to have dalbat for the entire trek so that's yeah. 11 days trekking that's 22 dalbats um, but I think he topped out at around 12 to 13 Dalbats. 
um, before he broke and had some pasta or something. <laughs> because, well, that was the day, wasn't it? It was the best Dalbat we've ever had, right? Best Dalbat we've had. Yeah, we yeah, don't yeah, normally yeah. stop at this one place, but the group was kind of hungry, so we thought, well, yeah. we'll just stop here. We walk into this lovely local little place. You know, they they were picking the, the vegetables out the garden to put in the pot that they were going to yeah, feed us. Right. Yeah. Homemade chutney. It was, it was amazing. I've been back there since, but um, they were closed. Devastated. Devastated. Yeah, no, we, we, we can't wait um, can't wait to get back out there and, and, and have some Dalbat. I'm really missing it. And yeah, I, I suppose we, yeah, let's talk about, let's start with Nepal, um, you know, while, while we're here in terms of food. So Dave, Dalbat, that's kind of the, the local stuff, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. sort of like the national dish of Nepal is Dalbat. Um, so Dalbat over there um, is served pretty much in every single food yeah. establishment. Um, it's definitely served in every lodge. Um, it's really good if you're vegan or vegetarian. Vegan, I'm going to have to put an a, a, a little asterisk there. I believe it's vegan because it's rice, um, yeah. some curried vegetables, and it's a lentil dal. So it is just all vegetables and rice and stuff like that. Um, I would, you know, and it's made in one huge big pot. So if you are hungry, um, definitely order dalbat because once you've had your meal, they'll come around and they'll offer you seconds and sometimes thirds and stuff like yeah. that. Um, so we all get through a, a ton of dalbat. And, you know, it's in my mind it's it's already proven its worth because all the guides all the porters all they eat is dalbat dalbat power 24 hour <laughs> so no sleep no shower yeah but um that's it yeah no sleep no shower so yeah and um so so honestly when you go there wait wait yeah, wait, yeah. wait 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 so yeah try the dalbat with lights again by the way yeah um so yeah i think dalbat is brilliant uh, momos are really good as well yeah. Momos are like if you ever had gyozas from Wagamamas, they're quite similar to those little yeah. stuffed dumplings and stuff like that. They're really nice. Probably Ando. You know what I'm going to go on? What my favorite meal that I probably had the most on the last trip? Okay, Sherpa yeah. stew. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I think loads of people do. I think it's between Sherpa stew, which is made out of like I mean it's, it's bits of everything. You've got pasta, potatoes. You know, it's carb heavy. Yeah. Great for trekking. And then you've got the garlic soup. Yeah. Garlic soup is brilliant, and and the, and the guides will tell you this. Um, you know, if you're over in Nepal, the garlic uh, does help with altitude. I don't know if it's scientifically proven, but you know, it, if it, if it, if it helps, it helps, right? Um, yeah. Even if it helps just the mind that you're having garlic soup, it, you know, it could do. I remember Dave, you, you you told me um, was it your mate Billy who went on the first trip in 2016? Yeah. And he could only eat garlic soup, right? It was like well, the only thing he had. Well, towards the end of it, he only ate like Mars bars half yeah. of the time. Um, that's one thing we should say about altitude is a really, really common side effect is a loss of appetite. Yeah. Um, I know, Andy, you've suffered with a loss of appetite. Yeah, I have. Yeah, one of the, it's honestly, one of the only things that have ever happened because I've been lucky, touch wood, you know, but appetite's one of the things that does does hit me, um, especially above like four and a half thousand meters. And you've got to, you know, you got to battle through that. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to force stuff down because, you know, you need that energy. And that's not easy, you know. Um, yeah. But it's why it's I always sit next to you at the dinner table. What's you that? know, I always sit next to Andy at the dinner table because I'm quite lucky. I've never suffered a loss of appetite. Mm. Um, but you know, Andy will like get halfway through his momos and then be like, "Momo, Dave." <laughs> you know, so I'm always, <laughs> there, always yeah. there to open them up. Momos are um, good. Momos yeah, are exactly. Bad. So yeah, half. A, um, yeah, so th they're really good. Um, I lost my train. Where was I starting? How did I start on this one? Uh, you were talking about garlic soup and garlic Billy? soup. Yeah, and Billy. Yeah, Thanks so Billy, own. old Billy boy. So yeah, Billy was. Um, he accompanied me on my first ever trip to Everest Base Camp. We did it together. Um, yeah, he really. Um, we were sort of 
you know, two sides of the altitude problem. I had like a couple of headaches, but that was it. Yeah, loss of appetite, no sleep and stuff like that. Um, with the experience that we've now got, we, we would have put him on Diamox much, much, much earlier. Yeah, 100%. Um, because as soon as he got on Diamox, it enabled him to get over the line and get the base camp and back. But um, without it, questionable. And if he'd had it earlier on, it would have been much easier. But yeah, one of the porters saw that he was like a bit um, struggling and brought into our room about four or five cloves of garlic and told him to put it in his pocket in his jacket next to his heart. Brilliant. And um, so for the entire trip... Billy smelt quite strongly of garlic. <laughs> um, well, as, as Dave says, uh, Dave Rimmerton, not a single vampire. I bet I bet it kept kept the uh, the vampires away then. It kept everything away. Yeah, it kept yeah, everything yeah. away. To be honest, like I suppose it's handy, you know, when you go into a toilet at Gorex Shep to have something like garlic to be able to smell. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Brilliant. But um, but yeah, no. So there, there, I yeah. don't know about the science behind it, but all I can tell yeah. you is a lovely warm garlic soup makes you feel a lot better. And if you feel a lot better, you'll perform a lot better. Um, yeah. So yeah, garlic soup is like an old traditional remedy for handling life at altitude. Yeah. So yeah, you'll you'll have it quite a lot. It's almost I'll order it pretty much as an extra with most meals that I have. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely helps, and you know we, we tend to have it sometimes, and then have your main. You know, we have it as a starter sometimes. It depends, you know. But I think whatever you eat, it's important that you you, you definitely need the fuel. Yeah. If you don't, you know, you you will you will you could bonk. Um, you know, you could hit a wall, and you know you need that energy to continue um but yeah but other than that then so okay so we've got the local stuff there um but also as well i mean most people are surprised that when you do get say on the everest base camp trek or whether you're climbing island peak mera peak so i'm talking about anywhere in nepal yeah it's quite similar wherever you go um as you can imagine when you're on say a high camp um whether it be on mera peak or, or island peak um you know it has its limitations because of the geography because of where you are yeah but when you're in the villages you know, there are things like pasta, pizza, chips. Um, you know, we, we, we do say stay away from, from the meat yeah. uh, just because it's not sort of refrigerated up there. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's a bit it's a bit of a lottery. So, you know, we say, right, li- minimize the risk. Don't eat the meat. You know, obviously, when you're on your way down, you know, it's up to you. But, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's loads of options there. And it's one thing we do as well um, is have like a, an open menu. So, for instance, when you get to, um, you know, when you reach the end of the day and you, you sit down and you put your bags in the room and you go down, and you have a nice cup of tea or coffee, you know, whatever you want, you know, hot orange juice if you want. Um, and then you can choose your your food for that evening. So normally yeah. the guide will come to you, um, give you sort of a menu and then they will get your order then for later that evening. So they'll say, OK, we're going to have dinner at, say, 630 today, guys. Um, you know, what, what would you like to eat? And then they note it down. So then you can go off chill out for a couple of hours and come back for dinner. That's normally how that kind of works, if you like. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, um, I just noticed uh, Jishu said, I uh, hope you guys are cool. We're always cool, my friend. Um, so we say food is all in- is inclusive. So if it's Dalbat Power 24-hour, what variety is it, especially on a 15, 20-day tour? Mm-hmm. Do we have a choice of opting uh, for not having food on the trips and we choose ourselves and perhaps the trip costs? Okay, so when I say dial that power 24 hour, what I mean by that is that's not all you're going to eat for 24 hours. They, yeah, say, yeah. They, they, they say dial that is all you need to power your body for 24 hours. Yeah, um, It's a saying, you'll see it on t-shirts and everything like that. Um, the meals are inclusive, so when you're on the trip, so um, all your meals, um, uh, hot drinks with the meals and all your purified safe drinking water is all provided for you um but the the menu is varied so it's it's pretty much the same menu in every place although it does change a little bit but the menu in itself is quite varied so there's normally yeah. about two pages of food you can choose from 
Um, so yeah, you can have what you want. Um, no, our our meals are included. So yeah, you can choose what you want, you know, from whatever. So sometimes if I find something different, I'll just sort of fry some bread and I'll have chip butties with ketchup and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, a little something from, you know, I know potato rosties or spaghetti bolognese. Yeah. I tend to stay away the from eggs. eggs. Yeah. Loads of eggs, fried rice. So, you know, you can just wolf down some vegetable or um, egg fried rice yeah. and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. It's a very big menu, isn't it? I, I was surprised when I was out there because, you, you know, it's always the unknown. And, you know, we hope this helps a little bit. And, yeah, just, um, you know, here's a good question. Just you asked, you know, ones if I don't like that or if you've got some intolerances, there are other options there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you also have to be realised of, of, of where you are. And sometimes things are low, um, you know, like it is in uh, sometimes there's a limitation on, on the ingredients they have there. So they, they, they say, OK, this is on the menu. You know, it's yeah. like you go to a normal place sometimes and they haven't got certain things. It can be like that. Um, because of where you are, but most of the time it's it's all there, and yeah. you can have an option. You have what you want. I mean, we we have looked at before. I mean, it, I suppose ever since the beginning, we've always included all our food. Just makes it a bit easier. Yeah. Whereas some people have said, "Oh, what happens if I just, you know, if your if your trips were cheaper and we get to just buy our food?" Well, yeah. I mean, I know there's options like that out there, but we always find it's a bit easier just to have it all in, and you can just, you know, fuel yeah. up. Um, I mean, overall, we've, we've seen those trips as well. And yeah. so every decision we've made about our trips and how they look and how they run has been a sort of deliberate decision based on our own um, experiences. Now, one thing that when you are, say food's not included and they call it um, just your guide and your porter and accommodation, so all your meals and everything is extra. One, you do have to bring a lot more cash with you on the mountain. Um, yeah. So if that gets misplaced or something like that, it's a bit of a ball ache. Secondly, um, when you're at Gorek Shep or Lobouchet and you've just come back and you're a bit tired, the last thing you want to be doing is faffing around with the bill, you know, like and remembering what you've ordered and what they've ordered. And so, no, what, what we do is it's all included. Um, if you want extras, Dalbat's a good thing because the extras are free. So um, they basically just come up to you and just give you loads of extra Dalbat because they have such a surplus. If you order anything else, like say Sherpa stew and you wanted another uh, another bowl, um ordinarily that's you have to pay for the extra um but yeah so if you are hungry and you feel like you're going to want seconds or thirds dalbat power is the is the way to go um so yeah hopefully we've covered like just to set, summarize as well gluten uh intolerance we've yes. um, we've taken people on there and that's been fine um we just need to know in advance your guide needs yeah. to know so he can talk to the kitchen and make sure that it's all provided the same yeah. goes for like vegan and veggie particularly if you're concerned not only with not eating the stuff but also cross-contamination i know yeah. some veggies don't mind they just don't want to eat it but they don't mind if someone's you know prepped them both and the, but other people are really strict and don't want any cross-contamination as long as we yeah. know that and the guide can talk to the kitchen then that's all we need um so yeah but then also things are a little different on say Kilimanjaro end right yeah so the, the 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 menu so to speak is, is yeah it's I, I yeah that was one thing that surprised me was you know obviously used to being veggie on in, in Nepal but on Kilimanjaro it's it's pretty much as you as you get you know in a normal restaurant um you know there's meat i mean we had pasta bolognese the one night we had chicken yeah um i think we had pizza you know we do have um you know some rice and curry and things like that it's a very open menu but again uh, obviously we cater for all the um uh, you know all different diets yeah um, but it is a lot more westernized if you like i would say compared to nepal yeah um i, th I don't know if it's because they've been you know they've been at it longer in terms of the tourism side but they just seem 
there's, there's just a lot more of a, a broader menu, I would say. So yeah, yeah you, you certainly won't go hungry on um, on Killy. No, you but you, that side, of course. yeah, but you are allowed to eat meat on Killy because of the yes. way that they cook it. Um, they have power pretty much all the way up the mountain. They bring gas mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, and they're able to bring like cool boxes and just carry them and stuff. So it all kind of works out really well. So you can eat meat if that's what you want to do. Um, and yeah, it is quite varied. Like breakfast is great as well. So what on Killy, you don't so much get a menu to read from. What will happen is the cook will make something. We'll know in advance if there's any particular thing you can't eat. And what will happen is then yeah. they'll they'll cook a meal around that for you. But we don't choose from a menu. They just bring out a huge big selection of food. Yeah. So it can be like um, chicken and chips and all stuff like that and pizza. And then in the mornings you have um, pancakes, little sausages yeah. um, and always porridge. They did bring out their um, banana porridge. <laughs> it didn't exactly. Yeah, it wasn't the most popular thing on the menu. No, it wasn't it? the most popular thing. On the, and the next, the next day, we had like what you're used to, Scottish oats porridge, and that 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 yeah. made the difference. Everyone loved that. But yeah, you always get things like uh, I just saw Sean Laird comment there, popcorn. You know, you always get popcorn and little yeah, stuff, good old stuff like popcorn. that. <laughs> Honestly, I never had any problem. Again, <laughs> so you have to do the the team you know, American secret signal. Um, yeah, yeah, I've never once gotten hungry. Like you, you just don't. Like if anything, you know, you, there, there's more food than you can eat. Yeah, um, but it is a nice little surprise. I mean, I'm pretty much trying to like aim towards eating a lot less meat and stuff like that. Yeah, um, but when I was on Kilimanjaro, it felt good to have um, the chicken and have that protein and stuff like that. I, I, you, re it just does feel like it energizes you. Um, yeah, very, very well. No, you've got to get it down, you. Um, yes, Paul, I do eat pizza. It's, uh, yeah, uh, probably a bit too much pizza. Let's put that. <laughs> but I didn't have pizza yesterday. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a good point, Dave. And I think that the big thing you said there as well um, is that, like, it's not a an open menu, is it? It's it's kind of brought, obviously, if, you, if you've got any intolerances, they'll cater for that. But generally, for the main core of the group, yeah, um, they kind of uh, bring out, um, you know, all, all the things, like, say, for one day, It'll be say pizza, so they'll bring out uh, maybe a vegetable pizza or chicken pizza, yeah. whatever, it is. Um, as well as like chips and things. So then that's for everyone. Uh, obviously, people then who, who have the other stuff, yeah, um, they'll bring that as well. Um, that's kind of the main difference, I suppose, between Nepal and Kili. And I know we're we're, we're focusing on Nepal and, and Tanzania here because obviously I know we got um, Peru as well um, and Tubcal. Um, I mean Tubcal especially. The food out there is very. If anyone here has been to Morocco, it's beautiful food i mean a lot of tagines you know a lot of vegetable chicken cooked in tagines even on the mountain when you're in the atlas mountains um and the food's fantastic i've got to be honest uh, very surprised the quality of it yeah but yes <laughs> i definitely want to learn how they cook because it's the spices you know it's just great awesome um, with peru it's, it's again it's very south american but it's, it's a bit more rice um you know again it's quite westernized so you do get access to all the usual stuff you know you, yeah you can get um, you know, chips, um, you know, porridge, especially for breakfast. You know, you've got the usual eggs and things like that um, uh, in, in South America. Um, we definitely I mean, it's interesting because I'm going through some of the comments and I know people who've been on our trips in, say, Nepal. And I know Sinead, she's got a fantastic um, blog that she wrote for us. Um, it seems like a while ago now, but definitely I know the guys are working on putting it on the website. And I know that's very good. Um, uh, in terms of advice about, um, you know, some intolerances. So, um, Diane, I think you've uh, commented on here and a few other people as well. Just uh, hold on for that because it's got a really insightful article. So, uh, yeah, it'd be great to, to we'll share that obviously on 
on the social channels. Um, yeah. yeah, have a little little read of that because uh, Sinead's got a lot of good advice um, and obviously how she dealt with with that on the um, Everest Base Camp trek. Yeah, awesome. Um, um, yeah, but yeah, we, we got, um, I mean, there's a lot of, we got obviously got the ones from the emails. Um, let's pick those up, Dave, because there's quite a few. Yeah, sure. Um, so Andrew, Andrew Blakeman. Yes. Um, he's not sure if he can make the live today, so sorry about that, Andrew, but I'm sure you can listen to this. Um, so he's asked, uh, uh, he, he squeezed two in, yeah, so he's gone for a little doubler. Uh, oh, first, yeah. But first question, contact lenses at altitude, Kilio yeah. EBC. Um, how does the height and cold affect them? Would glasses be a sensible option as we go yeah. higher? Do you know what? That's an interesting question. It and is. the answer is one that kind of eludes me because I've never gone there with contact lenses. I am going to say that I don't imagine there would be much difference um, because although it can be very cold and stuff like that, you know, I, I don't think that it's ever going to be an issue of like freezing them. Um, yeah. I am very confident that one of the people in this group now are going to have uh, given me the answer with regards to contact lenses and any insight. Yeah. I've, I've you know, I've tracked a, a couple of people who had them and yeah, it, it doesn't really make a difference. You just got to be careful. The dust, because especially if you go in yeah, in the autumn, cool. uh, it can be quite dusty, you know, um, especially sort of late October into November, it can be dusty on the trails. So you know, we always say wear a buff. Yeah. But um, yeah, so you've got to keep, you know, keep the dust. But as long as you've got some of the solution, so you can clean the lenses, then that's just make sure you have plenty of the solution there. Um, lots of people did choose to wear glasses instead. Yeah. Um, you know, we had a couple of people who, who used both. Um, I'm going back a couple of years now, but yeah, so just, just be sort of conscious of that. Whether there's a preference, I mean, none of them had issues with um, the issues freezing. I think, um, yeah, James, uh, Lord James, I love it when we get Lord James on here. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he he went to Island Peak with us, uh, I believe it was last year, wasn't it? It seems like such a long time ago. I think, I think, I think it was April, wasn't it? I think it was yeah, April. it was. It's, it's gone so fast because this year has been crazy. But he did uh, use contact lenses, so it was great. Yeah, it's great to hear that. Uh, cheers, James. Awesome. Uh, nice to provide some insight. Awesome. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> um, that's all right. right. The second question, uh, read recently, I shouldn't store my down jacket in its stuff sack. Rather, it should be stored hanging as you would any other coat. The same apply for sleeping bags then and why? Uh, that was from Andrew again. Um, yeah, it, it's a personal choice, really. I Yeah, at home, I kind of store my down jackets hanging up just because it, you know, for longevity. But when I'm on a trek and, and, and things like that, to be honest, it goes in the bag and it's stuffed in the bag. I think it is better for the jacket if you want it to last a long time to, to let it hang instead of just storing it in, in yeah. you know, in its stuff sack. So, yeah, something to be conscious of. Uh, sleeping bags, I suppose it doesn't matter with it, the sleeping bag getting creased because the thing is when you've got your down jacket over time, if it's scrunched up, it, it doesn't look that good. It takes a while then for those creases to go out. Well, with your sleeping bag, it doesn't matter. You know, you're not wearing yeah. it for style. It's just to keep warm. So for me... With sleeping bags, it doesn't matter. I, I always store my sleeping bags personally in its, you know, in its stuff sack, if you like. That's it, yeah. Every time again, you'll just get some air, you know. That's it, yeah. The only, the only time it lives out the bag really is, is yeah, when you come back. Um, yeah. I might leave it out for, like, you know, a couple of days or whatever just to air it and stuff like that, like unzip it, air it. Yeah. Um, but to be honest with you, it's too big to have hanging around in my wardrobe. So it just li it lives naturally. It just lives in the stuff sack. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, Shane has said, what happens if the flight to Lukla is cancelled? So flight to Lukla is always an interesting one. Get it asked a lot. So if the flight, now put it this way, I've been to uh, EBC now four times. Every single time um, I've made it back, I've made it to Lukla and back on the day that I was supposed to. 
Um, that being said, most delays are, are in terms of like hours, not not days. You know, so you might get uh, fog that comes in means we can't land. Then the fog goes away, and then you can you can take off and land again. If the flight is actually cancelled, what that means is it's extreme weather conditions, so like driving wind, rain, and stuff like that. And essentially, what we aim to do then is get you on the next flight. Hopefully, that might be later on in the afternoon, or it might be the following morning. Now, in order to account for that, what we recommend, but it's certainly not compulsory, is having an extra day or two at the end of the trip as buffer days. Yeah. Um, what that means is that um, if if it does get delayed and you go the next day, you're not really up against it time-wise for the for your international flight back home. You can just catch the next flight. If you you don't have that situation, so we end up in a you know a real bad situation where you don't have the time, the flight's been cancelled. I don't even know if we've ever had a situation like that. Maybe one time, I think, where we started early September, but the monsoon was delayed. Due to yeah, that day. caused a lot of issues, didn't it? It was. Yeah. Um, so was I think that was, Yeah. So what? So the monsoon arrived two weeks late, and then yeah, and then um, I think they went to Annapurna actually. So is what happened. So when, instead of going to EBC. We took yeah, them to the yeah, yeah cuz you can drive to Pokhara if needs be so we took them to Annapurna. That's like, you know, worst case scenario. Um I yeah, should I mean, that... Dave, it's worth pointing out, isn't it? I mean, it's you know, that was like the very first time because of, you know, of all the hundreds of people that come with us, you know, we've never really cancelled that sort of trip. Yeah. It was a very rare occasion because it was early in the season. Generally, flights do especially to look at flights do run on time and we don't we don't, um, you know, like previously we've used another airport called Ramachap. Um, yeah. That was when there was uh, historically when there was um, some developments going on in Kathmandu Airport. But um, yeah, it's just when it comes to, to the flights, it's, it's very rare they get cancelled. If They do get delayed. Yeah. Uh, but again, it is part of where you are um, because Lukla, where you start the trek, is, you know, there is not a road there. So you can only fly there. We are really governed by the weather because obviously yeah. safety is number one. But, you know, we'll we always manage it in, in terms of a way like Dave, I know you're always on it speaking to the guys and especially Anuj, um, who's operations manager in the pool in terms of working around and problem solving. So we make sure we get that, get you on a track. I mean, we've, we've, we've taken helicopters up there before. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's been we'll, crazy weather, but you know, we get, we always get around it. Yeah. We'll pull out all the stops to get you there. You know, we were, yeah. we're but, but I, how I've always kind of said it to people is that like Andy said, it's, 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 it's so rare. I, I can barely remember one occasion that has happened in all the trips that we've run, and we've run thousands. Um, however, I will say that if the flight is cancelled, you don't want to be flying to Lukla. <laughs> you know, exactly. like, like trust me, I know, I know most people are like kind of crazy, and they're like, I don't care, I'll get on there. But trust me, when you get on that little tin pigeon and you're up there in the air being <laughs> being buffeted around, trust me, there's a reason. It's not in anyone's interest um, for those flights not to go ahead. So if they don't allow them, it's for, it's for a good reason. And um, if you Google Lukla Airport, it won't take you too many searches to figure out why. Um, but, uh, yeah. Nice. Um, Claire Barnett's asked, uh, just going through the emails again, it's always great. We always get heaps of emails coming in. Um, what snacks would you advise you bring? Uh, I am concerned about not creating too much rubbish. That's great. Stop thinking about packaging and throwing that away. Yeah, so we always we always dispose of the rubbish anyway because um, it does get carried down um from the the villages you, you you have so for instance if you're in namche and you have rubbish then it does get carried down um obviously if you can minimize that fantastic you know because as you know we um you know we're big on reducing the, the plastic in um, the kumbu especially in the pool but on all of our trips you know 
Um, but yeah, if you if you but if you do want to take stuff, especially like a treat, whether it's beef jerky, you know, with some wine gums, a jaffa cakes, whatever it is, whatever perks you up, then bring it because you know that can make the difference um, on that day when you're struggling. Um, you know, so so definitely if you if you in terms of snacks, yeah, bring some nuts and some sweets and hard boiled sweets are always good. Yeah, because um, some people always give them to the kids as well. Little Sherpa kids, they they always offer some sweets. Yeah. Um, you know, although we you know, we try again, we try and reduce the plastic on there. But you know, if you want to do stuff and you want to bring stuff, that's that's okay as long as it's disposed of, obviously. Exactly. The great bald yeti has just raised a good point as well. Um, just to finish my point, which is yeah, uh, if you have those extra days and like we expect, everything goes ahead and you're back in time. Kathmandu is an awesome place to have an extra few days at your leisure. Yeah. You know, you can go back to some places. Quite often people go back to like Monkey Temple or Budanath. We always go to Budanath and don't we? The first thing we do, get back yeah. in Kathmandu, shower, clean clothes, and then we jump in a taxi and go to Budanath and go and get yeah. some coffee and do some souvenir shopping. That's generally where me and Andy try, like sort of unwind on the on the day we get back. It's probably my favorite place. Yeah, um, it's a lot yeah. chilled, isn't it? It depends what you like. I mean, Budanath, stupa is a great place to go if you've not been there before or not heard of it before it's um basically this giant one of the i think it's one of the world's biggest solid structure stupas in the world yeah and um it's a fantastic place to go uh we always yeah it's always got some great cafes and uh, if you want to uh, get some tanker paintings or um you've probably seen uh, like the singing bowls uh, you can sort of tap and tibetan bowls it's, some, it's great but yeah you know, if, you, if you've got a little bit of a, a couple I'll, of uh, i'll show people a um so oh, getting his artwork out now See, this is, uh, this is the tanker painting that I got here. So this is like the in the Buddhist nice. religion, the wheel of life and stuff like that. So this <laughs> is one that I had done. Um, I think it's a master's one. Some, yeah, lama, some lama painted that one. But yeah, that's I'm normally not... on the wall behind me, but we've had a bit of a uh, refurb. So we yeah, have. I love the art. I, gotta, I, I always go and buy those every time I'm there. They are brilliant, aren't they? Um, yeah, uh, next up is Diane. Diane, great to see you on again. Um, I know what kind of foods will be uh, offer for vegans for EBC, but little about it for Kili, Tupcal, or Peru. Um, yeah, so I, I know you've gone on and talked about um, you don't want to end up being given the veggies and missing out on the protein. Yeah, you obviously want to want to find the balance. Um, and I think ultimately we, we've we've had other people before who who have brought stuff with them just because sometimes if you're only limited with what they've got for vegetarian options or for people who um, you know have intolerances. Um, then it's worth bringing your own stuff as well. Um, yeah. I know definitely, Diane, people have done that before. Um, and again, I, I, I will refer back to Sinead. She has written this this lovely uh, blog post that we're going to get out there, and that will have a bit more information um, about its specifics. Because I know we, we're talking generally here about the food, saying that we can cater, but I know what you mean, what specifics can I eat? Um, then we'll, we'll get that to you. Because, yeah, it's important, especially because I know you booked on quite a few trips with us and it, it's generally the same on all of them um in terms of having specifics for you available yeah. um you know just so you don't go hungry because yeah you've got to keep up that protein um and the energy as well you've got to keep that energy up so yeah uh, it's super important diane yeah. so, um, a little bit just following on from that as well uh, the lozatron 5000 has uh, messaged me okay um, um i'm not sure if this is from lauren herself because i can't see her name on it anyway but uh, basically the question is can you bring protein shakes with you say for um, like annapurna or ebc um or is the food protein rich to help with recovery so it's a very good question now personally the the treks are 
So because you're being a vegetarian, now you're not going to get protein from any meat or anything like that. Yeah. On Kili, yes, you will. You get it from chicken and stuff like that. There are a lot of other things that you can get protein from. Certain vegetables are protein rich as well. However, if you are used to sort of protein shakes or and stuff like that, you can bring some with you. But I'd be inclined to sort of measure it out rather than bring the whole bag because protein bags can weigh a lot um, and then just mix it with water. But to be honest, a lot of people just bring things like beef jerky yeah. and things like that. If you are a meat eater and you want to get pro a protein rich snack or something like that, beef jerky is really good because it's flat, doesn't weigh anything. You can carry loads and doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah, that's something I, th I have seen people with protein shakes, but it's not common. Most people just. Um, sort of combine their recovery with also delving into the local cuisines and stuff like that. Yeah. So although, although, although it is, it, it is an important factor, um, you know, it, it's not going to be so grueling that you're going to need to sort of like be conscious of your recovery. You can just do the trip, eat the food you eat from the restaurants and stuff like that, and then come back and then worry about the recoveries and stuff afterwards. Yeah, nice. Nicely, Dave. Nicely answered, mate. Um, yeah, just going through the, the, the other ones as well. Uh, I think Gavin, I think Lauren has answered your question, but I'll discuss it as well for everyone else. You mentioned, um, hi, guys, with the price on the website for Everest, what does that include? Do you have to purchase flights? So, yeah, we're, we're pretty much as um, as Dave likes to uh, – Dave, I'm going to use what you said. Um, <laughs> you do everything except post and packaging, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You used before, right? Um, but yeah, it is excluding your international flights, but generally all the stuff in country is covered. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few bits that we, we just can't do, like your visas, which you have to sort yourself. Travel insurance is the same, uh, but pretty much everything else is generally covered, you know, um, you know, tips, things like that. But for a more, uh, you know, exacting um, list, if you do go on the trip page, so if you go on the website and you search for the trip or drop down the trip, does give you a rundown of exactly what we include and you can download the guide as well yeah. and that'll give you a pdf which has everything like say what's included what's not included um just so you can get it right to okay right cool i've got to do that um you know and and, and one thing we're, we're, we're kind of a big on um is that when you do come with us we don't just like to leave you to it and we hope these kind of lives help as well um is that if these other things that you have to do outside of us you know we can help you with them we can point you in the right direction like with your insurance with your flights things like that yeah um you know we've got the knowledge center which answers some of the questions around like visas injections things like that you need before you go yeah um, but yeah just as a broad spectrum pretty much everything in country is is, is is mainly covered yeah awesome um dave uh was it no sorry not dave no it is dave Dave Rimington. He's asked two questions. The How many things are there? It, we're, we're a legion of our own. Um, the, uh, the, the missus is northerner. Do they serve gravy? Wow. No. Never seen gravy. Um, in terms of meat, do the Nepalese offer goat? Uh, brackets, recently killed on the menu. Wow. <laughs> so... Um, uh not on the treks no so yeah. um generally speaking there's no there's no nothing on the treks and stuff like that when you're in Kathmandu, goat curry certainly going to be on the menu yeah. um so you're going to be able to see a lot of that as as to uh how recent was its demise i don't know um i i honestly couldn't tell you i think there are some places where it's it's most certainly going to have been relatively fresh yeah. um but yeah no you get goat curry yeah it's very tasty very delicious um, but it's in Kathmandu, not on the mountains. You won't get it on the mountains, really. We don't we don't recommend any meat curry on the mountains. Um, I always use uh, the story of our old mate, uh, Barry, old Bazatron, who uh, we said to him, no alcohol, no meat. Day one, saw him eating a chicken burger and necking a beer. It did look delicious. 
um, and he really enjoyed his helicopter ride back from EBC. You know, he was. Uh... <laughs> you know, he, he battled on, didn't he? I, I, I know we always talk about Barry, but he's a fantastic bloke. Um, if any of you guys ever meet him on a training weekend or on a future trip, but uh, yeah, he'll admit himself. He, uh, you know, he, he probably started a bit too early on the meet, but um, you know, he did really well. He battled on. He made base camp. So fair dues. Yeah, no, yeah, he he made base camp, and to be fair. He got the base camp when I probably most people would have probably turned around. Yeah. So um, yeah, lesser men would not have There's made. A big it, lesson but, in that. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly think he made the trip a lot more difficult for himself than it needed to be. <laughs> um, but yeah, he did awesome. Um, but yeah, like I, seriously, just just don't eat the meat or drink alcohol on the way up. At least if you're going to risk it, I mean, everyone's an adult. Um, if you're going to risk it, risk it on the way down because it's only three days down. So you know, you've only got three days of you know you know seat of your pants hiking <laughs> you know bush to bush toilet to toilet to, to get back but um exactly <laughs> um yeah uh charlie charlie Wright asks um about where does the water come from um he said he's had dodge uh, dodge experience on the inca trail and on killy both water and food amazing so i, I presume you talked about nepal there but generally um i mean in nepal it's got all the all the water you could ever need um and basically each village has a water source um what we introduced um sort of almost two years ago now time's flying um we now use purified water filters so all the water that you'll use uh, will be purified we used to use chlorine tablets um but it was never the best plus to be honest people got fed up of it and started buying plastic bottles anyway um you know and obviously that has an impact uh, on the region so we did introduce um uh, purified water filters which had a huge difference in terms of reduction on on, on plastic and also uh, the enjoyment you know because you've got to drink a lot of water you're at altitude yeah it needs to taste a little bit nice at least um yeah and the purified water is is, is although you know let's be honest here it's 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 not um how can i put it it's not champagne you know it does it's got a little bit of uh or beer uh it, it's it's water it's quite plain but it, when you've got to drink it uh, um, I want to make it as best as we can. That comes into one of my um, my top trekking tips, which is um, you can buy these little uh, Robinson squash squirters, um, and it's highly concentrated squash. I always bring two or three of them, not because I need two or three, because I like the variety, um, and it really, really does help. I remember the second time I went to EBC, third time I went to EBC, I, I don't know what it was. I was just struggling to drink the water. And then it was Max, a friend of ours, Max, who was sitting there drinking this, you know, summer fruit squash. And he was necking it. <laughs> I we were all jealous, huh? And yeah, I was yeah. like, can you put a bit of squash in there for me, mate? And he squ- and ever since then, it's, that's it. I will, like, it makes it so much easier. Because I'm drinking four to five liters of water a day. You're like a basking shark, <laughs> you know. And, and uh, having, the, having the squash and stuff, I even put it in my bladder. I don't really care if it tastes a little bit plasticky. A little bit plasticky with some lovely, uh, you know, um lemon squash is a lot better than a little bit plasticky with nothing else yeah so um yeah that makes a big a big difference yeah the, the squash tablets nice um yeah just going through all the questions then guys so yeah paul ridley i'll, I'll try and find a few few of these um excuse me just i know there's uh it's uh, time's cracking on now but yeah you mentioned any covid quarantine restrictions before after ebc so um yeah paul um at the moment that is the case Although we're not running trips um, at the moment, that's sort of in 2020. Um, in the spring is when we're next going to be running trips, and we're hoping by that time, then that that won't be the case. Um, yeah, so you know, fingers crossed for that. But certainly, if you booked on a trip with us, we'll update you before you go. Um, and obviously, if there's any issues around that, then we can say, look, this is this is what you'll have to do when you're in the pool. Because 
or when you're coming back. Um, all we can do at the moment is rely on, on sort of the, the FCO advice and the advice from Nepal. Unfortunately, because it, Nepal being the country type of country it is, it does change all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we get up to date information. So as soon as we, we do know that, and if you're booked on a trip, we'll let you know. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Uh, Jerome, uh, flight to Lukla, you shall have some excess luggage. Can I pay for this? Yes, you can. Um, it's generally that there's a rule of thumb that you want to stick to about 15 kgs. But, um, you know, some people do take extra stuff and it's roughly about a pound a kilo. So it's quite affordable, quite cheap. But just be aware that sometimes and very rare, we've known that um, don't think you've had main issues with us. Well, I think once we had it, I think it was actually mine. Um, when I had some camera gear and it got taken off the plane because it was too heavy um, and then it had to get it had to arrive after you so I mean one of the porters you know caught up with us but just be aware of that you know so just try and be a bit frugal with regards to your packing yeah exactly I mean I always think that 15 kilos is what they're going to weigh they don't yeah. weigh you you know so one of a little top tip is some people wear these like jackets they're like either fishing jackets or something photographers wear them a lot with all the pockets and stuff yeah yeah um, they won't weigh that or anything like that. So people do get a buy, but yeah, it is always. If you're going heavy, that's fine. You can pay for it. But if yeah. if if a lot of people have gone heavy, some bags aren't going on the plane. So you know, just just be careful. They will end up with you. They'll just be on. They'll be playing catch up on a plane or a plane behind or something like that. Um, but yeah, always best put it on you. But yeah, exactly what Andy said. Yeah. Um, looking at this, I can see. Uh, Jishu again, nice one, Jishu. Can you give me an insight into terms of the group demographics, nationalities, ages, etc.? This one's always a little tricky. So the majority of the people that we get tend to be from the UK. However, we do get a significant number of people from elsewhere. So um, I, in the United States, we have quite a few Americans coming with us. We've had some Australians, Eastern Europeans, Indians, stuff like that. So we get, you know, we're we're, we're you know we're open to anybody joining our trips. Um, I would say, to be honest, it's almost like 50-50, whichever way you look at it, between yeah. men and women, you know, people that know each other and single travelers, people from the UK and then other destinations and stuff like that. So whichever way you look at it, it's pretty much 50-50. You're going to get a diverse group of people anyway, just based on personalities alone. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we do have um, ages. To be honest, it's crazy. We've had 18 to 74, I think, 72. Yeah, 74 so, I would probably say most people are sort of in their sort of mid twenties to mid forties. That's probably like where you're going to catch most of the people. But you know, um, like you said, variety is the spice of life. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, there's a few more coming in. Uh, let's have a little look. So, what time is the usual flight back to Kathmandu? That was from Parisha. Um, yeah, so it, it generally it's early morning because we the historically we're Lukla, the weather kind of comes in. If there's going to be any weather at all, usually it's late morning into lunch and the afternoon. And then suddenly then it clears up. But most of the time, early mornings, it's fine. So, we, you know, you're talking 6.30, 7 o'clock back to Kathmandu. It's an early one. But, um, you know, that can that can always move. Sometimes we've flown as late as 1 p.m. just because it's been uh, it's been busy or, um, again, there's a bit of weather and waiting for the weather to clear. So yeah, you're really beholden to, to the weather and, and, and actually on the day what it's like. But generally, we do book the first flight out uh, if we can. Um, we always book way ahead. Um, you know, the guys um, we use and and Anuj, um, you know, they do uh, get access to, to the early flights, which is is great. Um, but as always, you know, we have to manage it on the ground, and that can change with weather. But generally, earlier, so it gives you a bit more time to enjoy Kathmandu in the afternoon. Then 
yeah, exactly. Suzette Teal, um, she said, hi, fellas, is the food on the Killy Trek spicy? She's a sassy girl, not a spicy <laughs> one. Very good. Um, yeah, so, like magic. Don't know how I did that. Wow, you got someone else in the room. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's almost like I've got a, uh, a bimbling yet. You say hello, V. <laughs> you know. So, uh, yeah, that's my light assistant now. Um, but, yeah, no, um, yeah, it's not spicy, not not at all. Um, yeah, we generally, um, you know, spice, although variety is the spice of life, spice is not the spice of life. Not on a trip anyway. It's the last thing you want is, um, you know, what, what the, we used to call it the Nepalese napalm. <laughs> that's uh, all about the toilets, Dave. I think we need to do a live on toilets. Yeah, or the Tanzanian terror. I think was another one we had um yeah some, some more good questions i think um was it ramona that asked there about the annapurna trek i hear there could be a flight option uh instead of bus yeah you're right because we we've, we've mainly do it via the bus but we've been looking at it um you know potentially on some future trips to, to look at adding the flights um again it's the logistics and work it out i think dave you've had a chat with a news around it yeah something we're potentially doing in the future right yeah it's, we're definitely looking at, um to be honest some of them already go on the on flights as well um, the reason why we chose initially to do it, but go by the road option is because it's quite a nice drive and it forms part of like the first day yeah. of your trip. So going to Pokhara, you get to stop off. I can't remember the name of the place, Anne, but we stopped there. It's that really high um, village. You know, the one where, uh, yeah, that's it. Back to Pur, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Place. yeah. So we stop there and you get to see a little bit of um, Nepal as you drive through. It is quite yeah. a long drive, but it's quite enjoyable. I, I think, we, and you know, we wanted to include it. It's not like the drive to Ramachap that I know a few of you have done, which is yeah. Don't get me wrong. Every drive in Nepal is a little bit bumpy, but Ramachap because it's it's not it, you know Kathmandu to Pokhara is like it's as, as close as they have to like a motorway, you know. So it, yeah, you know, it's Nepal. Um, where Ramachap is like this tiny little place in the middle of nowhere, so it it's yeah. not a, a, a route that is used a lot. Uh, but no, we are thinking of doing the flight just for um, just for speed of things and things like that. So it, it, yeah, we'll keep you updated on it. I think it is probably likely going to happen. No, yeah, I, always. You know, we're looking at the best. I mean, it's again the problem is we're doing flights all the time. It's just the weather thing again. If it's bad weather, we'll then we'll have to to do the bus route. Whereas obviously the bus can go anytime. Yeah, yeah, but we'll definitely. Update you. It's a good question, though, Ramona. Yeah, that's the other thing as well. I know when me and Andy went to Pokhara, we flew to Pokhara and then had to drive back because the flights were cancelled due to weather. You know, so it is one of those things where just by choosing to drive takes the stress of the flight away, takes the trip early morning trip to the airport away, um, yeah. and we kind of manage our own time. But yeah, we are going to be looking to it. Yeah, um, definitely. So having a look at this, so uh, Paul Meacher. Yeah. Um, Flight time to Kathmandu. If it's early, can you get into the hotel at Kathmandu? So I'm assuming this is your international flight arriving into Kathmandu. Um, yes. So we recommend people get there as early as possible. To be honest, the majority of flights, I think, the earliest flights we've had to pick people up were about 6 a.m. or something like that. Well, we've um, had some super early ones. I, I think yeah. Paul's feeling about coming back from Lukla. Oh, if you're coming back from Lukla, yeah, you're like. Either way, I guess the answer is the yeah, same. Yeah. yeah, the hotel will be accessed. But the longest we've had is like checking into a normal hotel where when you arrive, they might say, sit down, have a cup of tea, get you some drinks and stuff like yeah. that. That's well, they prepare the room. Um, you know, and I think the longest I had to wait for that was about 40 minutes. But generally speaking, on yeah. every other time, you'll you'll just be given your room key and they'll be they'll be done in preparation for you. So, yeah, that should be fine. Yeah, it's a bit different, isn't it? Because I know in the UK and, and most most hotels, um, you know, westernized hotels at least, 
there is um you certainly you can't check in to say 2 p.m but it, it is very different in nepal because of the you know the way that the trekking industry runs so yeah when you arrive as long as they're getting the room ready it doesn't take them hours oh yeah it's so, really really good and really quick on that and you know so yeah you won't be waiting that long so laza has confirmed to me that it's the 6 30 flight from lukla so yes i mean we get at the airport around 6 30 yeah. you know so we probably don't fly off maybe 7 30 maybe arrive back in Kathmandu for around eight ish so you know then then it's like 45 minute drive to the hotel so um yeah don't don't worry whatever time you arrive there you'll be you'll be in the hotel you won't have to sort of wait around for hours that's never yeah. happened great stuff um yeah with uh issues asked as well around um 15 20 day tour minimize on weight of bags of the washing facilities for clothes getting on the hands and knees to scrub yeah jishu it's one of those especially um i, I believe you're talking about nepal here um is that sometimes there are no showers and there's uh, certainly with regards to washing it can be quite challenging so sometimes you know it is part of the adventure it's part of the challenge is that you, you'll go days and days without having the opportunity to wash i'm afraid we, we always say take um you know if you can take some wet wipes um there's some environmentally friendly wet wipes now that you can get um but yeah there might be an opportunity say maybe uh, a 15 to 20 day trip you know you're looking at maybe every few days there's potential to have showers depends on the weather because they are solar powered most of the showers most of the water is solar heated so you know if it has been cloudy for a few days then you know you're not going to have it available and we always say look you could have a cold shower um you know which is good but sometimes there, there's a risk of you know you want to keep that core temperature so if you can stay dirty minimize the chance of getting a dodgy chest or yeah. a cold or something like that because if that hits your altitude You'd, you'd prefer to be dirty, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, I've cool. never washed my clothes on the trip. Never. Yeah. Um, it's largely pointless because the next day you'll be just as dirty at the end of the day. <laughs> you know, it, 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 like trying to wash your clothes on like a, on a trek is quite, particularly Kilimanjaro, it's impossible. But on, uh, you know, with, with Nepal, you're just fighting a losing battle if you try and keep yourself that clean. You yeah. know, you're in the mountains, you're trekking, it's an adventure, embrace the dirt. You know, and then when you come back to Kathmandu, there's loads of laundries. The hotel can do it for yeah. you. Um, so, yeah. But the, the one thing I do always do, because I didn't do it on the first trip that I went on, was I've always got guaranteed, like, clean boxes, clean socks, clean T-shirt, clean trousers, <laughs> waiting back at the hotel for me. Yeah. <clears throat> so it just makes a huge difference. Yeah, definitely. And I think James makes a good point. There are some places where they do um you know because we, we've got quite nice places we stay um you know sometimes if it's you know if it's available you can you can buy extra showers um you know if they're available um there are places i think ramona mentioned yeah. as well because i have seen in namche you can get so namche bazaar um if you're on the Everest space camp route uh that's kind of two days into your trip but then and you stay there for a couple of days and then you also stay a night on the way back um and there is a place there. I've never used it, to be honest, because by the time you get there, you've only been two days. You don't really need to do it then. On the way back, well, you're only a day away from Kathmandu anyway. So I kind of wait till I get back to Kathmandu. But, you know, um, if you if you, if you want to do that, you can. I have seen people wash and then they leave their sort of clothes on the back getting dry. But you know what? Knowing the area, it'll take a long time to dry. Yeah, exactly. Especially if it's cold, you know. I, I just, if you can. Uh, and you can handle it definitely stick to wet wipes um you know and, and just obviously cleaning yourself that way rather than trying to sort of plan showers um in, yeah. in your itinerary if you like 
actually me and Billy, I remember on our, my first trip to base camp when we got to Dingboche, yeah. uh, it's in a valley. So it's either very cold or very hot, but the sun hit the, during midday, it was boiling. So I know Billy washed his clothes and then put them out on some, on some stones and that helped dry them. But as Andy said, I know people that try and become the, a human clothesline. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it is also think of the people walking behind you. You know, they don't need to see your pants flapping in the wind. You know, um, <laughs> we've seen some colours and some shapes, that's for sure. Um, in terms yeah. of underwear on on the track, but you know, it's always good. But uh, yeah, it's um, certainly yeah. I know, I know what you mean, Dave. It's always a bit interesting, and you think, oh, okay, nice. Yeah. Oh, Suzanne asked a question. We mentioned yeah. the uh, open, uh, like bathrooms when you're on the track. How do females navigate going to the back? Right? Yeah, good question. Really. Really. really good question. So when you're in the camp and stuff, we provide toilet tents. So there's three ways you can go with the toilet. Um, now, when you're in camp, there are the communal bathrooms, which tend to be long drops. Um, we have our own, so we bring like a chemical toilet. So everything yeah. we bring up is brought down. Um, including what we eat and get rid of. And we have a nice little tent as well for privacy. When you're on the track itself, it's never a huge issue because there's always, there's all, if, if you need to go, then you can find a place. There's, there's always like natural cover and things like that. And usually what will happen is you can just tell the guide, the guide will find an area and like stand guard for you, you know. But um, we had uh, a couple of girls like that that needed to go to the toilet. You just find some natural cover and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the only thing I do say, which is, is it, it is a big grim, but you know, no one expects you to like carry everything that you leave on the floor, but you know, the tissue paper and stuff like that. Yeah. If you can, you know, stuff it into like a, a stuff sack, tie that up real tight. Um, and then either dispose of it at camp or bring it back down with you. We, yeah. we try not to leave as, um, you know, stuff like tissue and wet wipes and stuff just out on the ground and stuff like that. Um, exactly. Um, yeah. Tony asked as well. Sorry, Tony. I, I believe we had a question earlier. What kind of distance in kilometers is the average daily hike? So, yeah, it's um, it depends on the route. I mean, if you're talking about the classic Everest Base Camp route, um, you know, you've got the Gokyo Valley route, you've got the um, Three Peaks, Three Passes. But, yeah, when it comes to Everest Base Camp, um, you know, when we're, if we're talking about Nepal here, um, you know, some days are longer than others. It's it's actually not that far um, in terms of distance. Dave, I, I think, what's the what's the total, was it uh, 45 miles, was it 65 kilometres on the way up and the same on the way back? Something like that, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's just it's the... Not, Honestly, it's not that it's not that far. No. Um, so the, the reason why this is why when everyone or some people have asked, you know, what's the distance in terms of kilometers and miles? But actually, when you're trekking at altitude, it's more helpful to think of it in terms of hours. Yeah, time. You know, yeah. Um, because miles are, are not the same as they are down here. I mean, they are in terms of their length, but walking yeah. a mile at sea level is not what it's like to walk a mile um, at, at altitude. altitude. It's on average, most people are sort of 15 to 20 minutes a mile at sea level. That could yeah. be that could be three hours if you're on your way up the summit again. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's exactly. like it's it's so it's different. So whenever anyone's um, at altitude and we say, "Oh, what's what's the next day going to be like?" You say oh, about six hours, and then you know, then okay, it's going to be a little bit of a long one. Sometimes it's like four or four and a half hours. You know, there are some shorter days, yeah. um, and then obviously you know, base camp day and stuff like that. Summit day on Kilimanjaro. It How is. long, Dave? That's a that's a beast. I mean, <laughs> depending on depending on whether your nerves and your excitement lets you get any sleep, you can be well, you can be up for well over thirty hours. Um, yeah. But man, that's um, no, I love that. <laughs> um, Graham asks, how many pairs of socks to carry for EBC? Second day socks not great, but seventh day, wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, mate, we've all been there. Those seventh day socks. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> I usually take, so yeah, you're trekking for about 11, 12 days. You know, I usually take one for every other day, you know, just to try and minimize the weight. So yeah, you're looking at sort of five to six pairs, Yeah. Um, you know, of socks. And, you know, I try and use, so I've always got, uh, say, say two or three that are, yeah, the thickest ones I've got, the warmest ones. And I've also got then a step down just because in the evenings as well, sometimes I do like to get out. And although you, you might have used them, say, four or five days ago, they'll be the best you have, but they, you can air your feet a bit more walking around the tea houses or the villages instead of your thick thermal socks. So, yeah, uh, I say about five, six pairs. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's down to you. It's personal preference. I have seen people take, um, you know, because people who want to use one a day, and that's fine. Um, obviously, it's just going to be a little bit heavier, um, you know, depending on the thickness. But yeah, I hope that um, answers your question. Yeah, no, good answer. Yeah, I usually bring about the same. Same goes for pants as well. You know, uh, one thing I really recommend is the merino wool. Um, so the merino wool, like smart wool or icebreaker or Bridgedale socks. Same yeah. goes for the underpants. They're quite expensive, <laughs> um, but they just last longer. You know, after a day's trekking, they dry quick. They lose the smell quick. Um, yeah. If you bring like just normal cotton ones and stuff like that, then my god <laughs> no yeah it's good there's i mean there's heaps of options now i've heard of bamboo um underwear as well which apparently is really good if you're big on chafing if you get any dodgy chafe scenarios um you know we've all been there and apparently these uh, they're not cheap but apparently they're really good the bamboo underwear i might even actually test them out soon really bamboo underwear. i haven't tried them yet. yeah you give it give it a look mate um right guys but yeah there's uh, see if there's any more questions coming through i know we've wow we've almost gone um yeah I, j just one thing i noticed as well shanae's mentioned about um uh, she's got the distances for each day on her trip um which is great so definitely if you're on facebook go on obviously if you're on facebook you're on facebook now but if you go onto the group um high altitude ever trackers and uh, just a little search there we'll bring up that also as well if you do go to our knowledge center and search uh for if you just type in distances we have actually got an article that has the daily distances on the Everest Base Camp yeah. route. So have a little look at that as well. It'll give you an idea if you want to know the uh, distances. I think Brooke, Brooke has a good blog about it as well, doesn't she? I can't yeah. remember the name of her blog. Um, she's normally watching. Typically, this is probably the day she isn't. Yeah. Yeah, well, we've been almost an hour. Um, Dave, anything else before we finish? Um, no, that's pretty much it. That, that's it. The only thing um, to mention again is, you know, thanks to everybody that supported us with the jackets. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we've had an amazing response. We've still got loads more. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, if you, if you do want a jacket, um, you know, they're £100. All the profits go to the team in Nepal, the guides, the porters, um, you know, to help support them, their families, their livelihoods, and make sure that they're in tip-top condition for when we go back there because, um, yeah, without those guys, you know, we can't, you know we can't we wouldn't have what we have so yeah we're very thankful to those guys so yeah please do the links are all over our facebook our instagram and stuff like that so if you yeah. can afford it um and you're in the and you're in the need for a jacket it's a really good down jacket uh it doesn't only keep you warm it keeps your heart warm um because you know you're looking after the people that have looked after us and and, and our customers. Yeah. yeah great stuff dave yeah thanks for bringing that up and uh, i think lauren's just posted the daily distances, the height gains on the Everest Base Camp trek. So, yeah, nice one, Lauren. Yeah, um, yeah great stuff. All right. Well, yeah, we'll uh, be back next week. Um, if you have been part of the – because Brian there, like, there's not another competition this week? Yeah, although we'd love to do it every week. <laughs> yeah. Very good, Brian, very good. But if you have entered the last competition, don't forget, if you if you have any 
um, runner-up prizes, things like that that you want to use. Um, you've still got another week to use that, so definitely get yourself in if you're looking to join us on any of our trips. Yeah. Uh, but as always, yeah, great, uh, great live, Dave. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next Tuesday. Awesome, guys. All the best. Take care. See ya. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in, but I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks. Now, if, uh, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, all these uh, podcasts we put together, the episodes, try to reach as many people as possible. And if it's helped you, leave us a lovely review. Um, and yeah, we'll see you again next week. Yeah, all the best, guys. Bye. Thank you.